Greetings, everybody. This is Chris Blunt. Um, you are now venturing into a podcast of elegance and class. <laughs> Don't I sound like I feel like I sound like I'm trying to make this a bigger deal than what it is. Um, but, you know, fuck it. It's my show. Welcome to Chris Talks, everybody. Um, I am Chris Blunt, obviously. And uh, this is a podcast in which I interview my friends um, and just fellow people in general, all types of artists, people from all different walks of life. And we talk about their past, present and future. Um, today, I have a very special guest. Uh, is a friend of mine. You know what I like? I like when people have multiple commas behind their names, <laughs> like with titles. <laughs> I think it's always great. You know, you got mother, you have partner, you have poet, um, like activist. You have all these things about this next person I'm going to introduce you to. Uh, she is she is a dope individual. Uh, who I've had the pleasure of meeting since I moved out here to Tacoma. Uh, very, very cool and wild individual. Um, highly disrespectful. <laughs> and I think that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we go, <laughs> we're going to get into her story today oh. and uh, discuss it. And, and hopefully we all learn something. You know, this, So you in, you're in for something because she is a wild card. <laughs> and um, I was excited to actually sit down with her because a lot of this, what people don't realize that I do this podcast as a way to connect with my friends because I don't get a chance to speak to anybody. <laughs> so this is the equivalent to me just calling you and be like, hey, you want to talk <laughs> on the phone? You know, so this is this is it. Only thing is all of you get to hear it. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce the lovely, uh, the talented, the powerful Miss Kelly Richardson. Hi, Chris. Hey, what's going on, Kelly? How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me to your other world. Thank you, thank you, thank you for um, coming here in this hot ass, yeah, hot ass weather that My we have pleasure. in Tacoma today. It's like ninety something. It, we're not we well not we. I am a northern Negro and uh-huh. I'm not used to this. I don't belong in this. Yeah. I don't want it. Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm a southern Negro. Well, I know you are, but I I paid for this. Oh. Like I moved here. Mm-hmm. For certain things. I moved here for the yeah. passive aggressive weather. Mm-hmm. Not too hot, not too cold. I like the sushi. And I like the the safe but slightly scared white people. <laughs> They're everywhere. This is why I moved here. And this mm-hmm. place doesn't really have a murder rate. Which also I right. like. You know, from yeah. where I came from. I came from Chicago, New Orleans, states like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This, yeah, this is nothing to you then. Nothing. Nothing. Like, I love going through the hood here. Because I'm like, that's cute. You're going to see some tantrums, though. No, We're not definitely. You shit. see some shit. But there's no stabbing. Wild, wild like shit that. happens. Yeah. Stabbings. I love the idea. That You know what's cute? You said stabbings. <laughs> Why is that cute? No, that's, that's cute. <laughs> Motherfuckers get shot. Like, at <laughs> random times. Yeah, I missed the mark on that one. Yeah, exactly. But My stabbings. Bad. Like, My bad. I just always, I laugh because I'm like, they was like, I remember when I first moved out here in Tacoma. And they were like, this the hood, nigga. This what the hood. Have, and I was like, in Tacoma? this is cute. Like, this is an impoverished area. <laughs> Y'all poor, this is, um, but you ain't gangster. I feel like <laughs> you guys are one one inspirational teacher from getting it right. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. I this don't is know. An institutionalized racism. Yes, it this is. This is dangerous games. Structural shit. Yeah. This is nah. Generational poverty. Yeah, it is. It's generational poverty. Oh. Real shit. So, oh, man. Uh, so much I like you do so many things so like I don't know where to start with you but I (laughs) I really want to start with um you like uh let's introduce you okay in a sense um who are you Kelly like if you had like what are your titles because you have I I always said I like 
I like multiple commas. I like when people are doing things, being active mm-hmm. and multi you very multi layered. Okay. And um that's that's pretty interesting. So what are you? Go on. I am a queer black chick. I'll start there. Um and I don't know. I think that the main core thing that is through all of the different roles that I play mm-hmm. is that I pride myself on being a connector. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm a provocateur, so to speak, mm-hmm. but I do like to to use the spaces that I'm in to bring unspoken issues out. Um, okay. And so one role that I play is a poet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a teacher. Word. I am a mother. Um, I work um, in sexual health as well as an educator and indeed, a manager indeed. and try to work um, in different spaces to normalize sex and reduce stigma for all types of people. Mm. Um, and, you know, those roles, I do equity consulting and try to help folks know what that means to not to just like be decent in yeah, policy absolutely. <laughs> and compensation yeah. not in rhetoric mm-hmm. and that shit takes a toll so i am also uh an avid drinker that is another title that i that's what we do in the day and apparently. i'm so thrilled this is delicious by thank the way you, thank you i made rum it's punch fruity it's yes. refreshing oh yes it's a nice summer day it, it's a wonderful day. oh yeah um, I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. Um, I am addicted to um, cheese. I'm a cheese enthusiast. Same. I love cheese. Um, my stomach doesn't appreciate it, but I'm a cheese enthusiast. Isn't that fucked up how it is it's when, not as you right. get older? Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's like I used to be able to eat everything. I can't. The list is yeah. just shrinking. Um, yes. And a good, a good friend of mine introduced me to digestive enzymes. Mm-hmm. Pop one of those in your mouth and you can hit up a whole wheel of brie and no one will get Absolutely. hurt in the process. You know how you know we're yourself. old? This is what we're talking <laughs> All about. Right. This is how you break in this conversation. This is how you start not, this interview. Not which, which yeah. club is the hottest and shit. We're talking <laughs> about like, digestive You know enzymes. what I can take in my body that I can't take anymore? That's a, I guess that's my other title. I'm fucking <laughs> middle-aged now. I'm a middle-aged, creative, but, queer. That's yes, me. Yes, but you are um, you are a black woman, so you'll look 35 for the next 20 years. Oh, that's sweet. So that's not... <laughs> I got to start dyeing this hair again, That's though. genetics. Now that I shave my head again, yeah. now I can see all of the wizardry mm. um, that that was underneath, so... Well, uh... <laughs> You are, you're a character, ma'am. You're a character. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you know what? Let's start off. What I like to do when I start off these interviews okay. um, is I always like to ask, like, how do we first meet? So oh. let, let's go back to how do we first meet? I'm big on origin stories. How and, did we first meet? Um, why do I? Why, oh, how do you, how the fuck do you know me? Yeah. <laughs> we were in a, on an audition panel together. Our good we? friend Katie Lapierre. Yes. Yes. Good, good woman. Um, Love her to death. Yeah. Katie asked us to uh, be part of an audition panel for yes. a civil rights show. Yeah, which she does show. every year, which every I, year, I think yes. is great. And Katie's a white woman for all our listeners. Yes. And um, <laughs> and she, I remember when she first called me for this. Yeah. I was like, is this an ass a black friend thing? <laughs> Am I tra- you I checking know, a box? I don't, I don't know right. if this is cool. But I was I went through and I remember going to the the I remember 
coming out the experience feeling so honored mm-hmm. to be a part of that panel. Yeah, it was and a the, really cool experience. Yeah, and to see so many cool things like come from it, and the fact that they they take this time to discuss civil rights mm-hmm. and just um, you know, the experience, uh, the experience of minorities in general of America to all these schools, these public schools in the yeah. city, um, yeah. because I think it's important that people need to know. People yeah. need to know the experiences of impoverished. Like, like you need to know about black history. You need to know about um, Latin history. This is all. These are all the fabrics of America. Right. Um, Native Americans, which is sad that we mm-hmm. have to expose people to Native Americans. Yeah. But, you know, um, it's just one of the things that is very important. And she focuses on a different group every year. And I, I find that uh, incredible. So kudos to her for that one. But uh, back to what we were saying, we <laughs> went in and I was like... She's calling me for some black shit. <laughs> like, and I was like, and part of me was a little bit like, I don't know. And part of me was like, but most of me was like, I need to go in case they decide to say something stupid. Right. Just you so know? that you can fully unpack exactly. that whole Like experience. if they're doing a play where it'd be like, these are my colored friends. Right. Like, whoa. No. Whoa. Mm-hmm. You know? so, I object. Yes. And then you came in. <laughs> late probably as usual yeah you were late you were late i'm always fucking you had late. the attitude i did not you had the you had the not not attitude as in bad Stank? attitude no okay. no not all right. at all you 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 were there like you were gonna play the dozens <laughs> oh my and God. also get your Whatever. work done like i'm gonna make fun of some of y'all motherfuckers <laughs> but we're gonna have a fun time oh, i was like no. oh she is funny i was you, excited because you passed your comments <laughs> I <laughs> I think I thought that I was having some kind of I mean I really like Katie and I've known her for some time and I was excited about being invited to help because you know people say that the art world is all inclusive and all yeah. is equal and all of that but that's just not it doesn't work that way no it's um, not a factual thing it's really divisive it's really segregated and mm-hmm. often people will create shows about black folks or about experiences um, and the writers and directors of those pieces are not part of that group and so Mm. um, I was excited and happy that Katie had the foresight and the wisdom to invite different folks onto that panel to be able to really offer their experience Mm -hmm, and their perspectives Um, but also at the same time um, you know, in the spirit of authenticity, I'm going to share some things with you that go on. I trust you won't use against me later. But absolutely, I will. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> At least we don't lie to each other. No, right? no, no, we don't do that. Shit, um, no. So I have always loved the movie A Chorus Line. Mm-hmm. I have a thing about musicals in general. Oh, musicals are dope. But in particular, like, a chorus line, like I know all the songs and the whole movie, the movie version is mm-hmm. about this audition, right? Yeah. And Michael Douglas plays the asshole director and all of the folk, all the dancers have all their life experience and you get to learn about the challenges of becoming a dancer <laughs> and watch their struggle in the blood, sweat and tears. And, and I loved, of course, fame and all of that. Oh, yes. So I thought yes. I was somehow like channeling, you know, this super important <laughs> destined you... to be Broadway. And so maybe that was part of my countenance when yeah. I walked in was where are they? Line them up. Yes. So that I may knock them you, down. You know what I thought? Oh. I went in there thinking, and this is probably a little bit more embarrassing than you. <laughs> I went in there thinking, this is going to be like America's Next Top Model. 
with shitty light like the first season and or I, like yeah and okay. i get to be like the bitchy sure the bitchy guy you get to be janice dickinson absolutely mm-hmm. like uh, like but like the black male version yeah yeah like that that isn't it darling no <laughs> your eyes are dead you're showing me nothing you might as well be a nothing <laughs> you call that acting <laughs> i don't feel you know what's acting no, I was gonna be. I was thinking because I was coming there. I was like, should I be old, bitter black guy? Right, like which which character are you, you gonna know, play? Like, right, just mm-hmm. be like, you know who was acting? That's not acting. You know who was acting? <laughs> Mega Evers, oh, and he's shit. dead. Like I didn't want to do that. Be like, right, shut your fun, white though. ass up. It could have been. <laughs> I wanted to say shut your white ass up at one point, but there were no white people to tell Mm-mm. that to. Mm-mm. Um, so it would have been real awkward. <laughs> Somebody would have started crying. It would have been all bad. I would have been here for that. Katie would have been so sad, so embarrassed, mm-hmm. so embarrassed. Nah, I think that's that's really dope. And um, I immediately I remember meeting you, and you were you were so sweet. You were so cool. <laughs> and I was like, and you know there's like five black people out here. And right. So I was yes. like, oh, man, she seems cool. I don't, I don't want to make this weird. Isn't it, isn't it like weird, like meeting people as adults? Yeah. And so like. Especially when they're black and yeah. you're like, this is actually kind of an and interesting human. What's so sad was like, I wanted to, I wanted, to, I definitely wanted to connect with you. But I didn't, I know that like, for me as a male. Right. It's always assumed that I'm trying to come off creepy right, or trying right, to hit on people. Right. But I was like, oh, man, I would like to. And I went, trust me, I went through like a thousand scenarios <laughs> in my head on how to get your information <laughs> and oh. like and not and not have it sound creepy. Right. You didn't sound creepy at no, all. No, no, no. I just trust me. I had a dial. I had I, I had a yeah. monologue. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, listen, um, I'm coming up with the you. music listen. playing in the background. Exactly. Too. I'm not these other guys, baby. <laughs> I'm not trying to fuck you. I just want a good time. <laughs> and, if we, and if we happen to be naked while we're doing it, that's Absolutely. okay, too. Absolutely. Because uh-huh. I'm, I'm all about the natural game, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's do what we do naturally. No. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> nah, I was just like, oh, she's cool. I want to yeah. hang with her. No, I See? thought you were cool. Yeah. And I, I, I appreciated your wit. I think it's why I really always enjoy talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Is you're such a smart ass. And <laughs> it invites me to to really you know lean into yeah. my sarcasm and Absolutely. wit as I well. I encourage everybody to be an asshole, and I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, yeah, thank you. I try, I try. Yeah. So, nah, that was that was really cool. And then we met, and like then then everybody kept making moves, and you know we would speak from time to time yeah. or whatnot. But like everybody's making their moves in in certain mm-hmm. ways. I know you came up in the game, and like you kept. You kept doing your thing with artistry. And what I noticed that was so interesting is one day I look up and you're the poet laureate of Tacoma. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck did I miss? <laughs> what the hell talk- is this? We talked about me being a writer, didn't we? We Well, we Maybe? talked about you being a writer, but it was like on some passive like. Oh, like I just. Oh, yeah. Write. Like I just doodle around a little bit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I watch a show and it's like, oh, yeah, I may write something. But no, when you get to be a poet laureate of a city. Like right. that's really awesome, and that's a that's a huge accomplishment, um, no matter what you do. And I I thought that was awesome, and I remember being so proud when I went to your opening, um, at the 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 event that you yeah. had, mm-hmm. and I thought that was it was such a great event. It was it was a good energy. You're selling your books, and I love your book. I actually bought your I bought two copies of your book, one for myself, one for a friend of mine, 
who actually was already going to get your book, <laughs> uh, which is funny, which is funny. So and it, and then we'll get into that a lady mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just really interested in like, how did you come about that? Like, when did poetry start for you? Because I know you were a writer. Right. But I didn't know you were into poetry. Yeah, I think that. Well, I wrote my very first story. It wasn't mm-hmm. a poem, but it was a story when I was in second grade. And it was about my dog, Bert, getting in a fight with my godfather's dog, Dill. Real shit. Yes. <laughs> um, I wrapped that, uh, that masterpiece in old wallpaper. That's, mm-hmm. That was part of the project. <laughs> um, but I think that I always thought of anything really creative as sort of outside of a real job. And so I, you know, I always loved words. I've always been into words. I'm a, I'm a Scrabble beast. Okay. I will slay any old lady, anytime, anywhere. Nice. Um, so nice. I just gravitate towards language and talk really your shit, son. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of the power of words. Absolutely. Um, and I think also as sort of this dorky, peculiar introvert who spent a lot of time under coffee tables um Mm -hmm. i could write out kind of what i was feeling and try to make sense of the world that way okay um and then when the 90s hit and i really got deep into Mm hip-hop i realized um it, it sort of legitimized poetry for me because i realized what they were forcing us to read at school okay um was it was the same principles but a lot less interesting than what Chuck D was saying and what Tribe Called Quest was saying yeah. and what Roots were saying and MOP and I was just um, sprung as fuck mm. and so I tried to find my own version of um, what poetry looked like for me I knew I had no kind of real swag at all um, <laughs> by way of like trying to kick a verse or I just knew that was not my thing yeah Um, But what I think I loved about poetry and why I still gravitate towards it is that um, it's really the art of shaving away everything but the essential Mm -hmm. to get your message across to whoever you happen to be, whoever happens to be looking at your words. And I love thinking about them as ways to build connection with people and help them know that they're not alone in the world. Indeed. Um, which is, it's always funny for me to say that, I think, just because I I am such an introvert and yeah. I don't actually like to look in, anybody in the eye. But, like, in that, the... I think that's the goal, as an artist. Yeah. I feel like that's the goal of most artists because we mm-hmm. are, I, as extroverted as I am, <laughs> there are a lot of introverted thoughts that mm-hmm. I have. And especially when you're going through something, you, you, you have a... You have a moment where, especially, you know, you've been in your own head a lot, right? Right. So, you know, you're in your own head and you think, man, I'm going through this. Somebody else has to feel me on this. Right. Right. And so you write about it with hopes that someone else. And I think the biggest reward is when someone contacts you or you hear right. from somebody who goes, man, I heard that and I felt where mm-hmm. you were coming from. Mm-hmm. And, you, and part of you is like, it's a sigh of relief. Like, hey, wow. Right. I'm not so crazy after all. I'm not all. so crazy after all. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's always a good feeling. Um uh, with poetry, what do you what was the first poem to have like a profound emotional effect on you? Oh boy. Like written by somebody else? Yeah, written by somebody else. Oh my. <laughs> like whether it was spoken word or um, written. Um 
Oh, it probably wasn't the very first, but the first thing that pops into my head, mm-hmm. um, there is um, a poet who has passed on named Mary Baraka. Oh, love Mary Baraka. Oh, my yes. God. Amazing. Seen him live. You did? Yes. Oh, I'm so jealous. At Xavier University in New Orleans. He was yes. on an episode of Deaf Poetry Jam. Mm. And... Um, he did a poem about being American. Okay. And I really loved how he um, he just crossed a bunch of mediums, which I love. I can't stand when folks feel held hostage to a medium. Like, if you're a poet, you have to just do poetry. If you are a visual artist, you have to just paint or you have to just do this or that. And so he brought in his influences of jazz and sang a little bit, did a little bebop, um, got the audience involved. And I remembered being just mesmerized by the way that he held the energy in the room. Mm. Like as this one sole person, you didn't have a backup. You didn't have a band. You yeah. didn't have a hype man. You didn't have shit. You had a mic and you had some words. Yes. But what happens when the words go from the page to the stage? Yeah. It's a magical experience. Yep. Really. yep. It is um, a magical experience. So I love that. Um the other one that comes to mind is, and this is far more recent, but um, mm-hmm. Nikki Finney um, has a book called um, It's Head Off and Split. It's about, it, basically, it's a fish reference, like the fish market. Uh-huh. And I know I'm getting the title wrong, but <laughs> she has um, she has a poem about Katrina, Hurricane Katrina. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm from New Orleans. Yes, so. I'm sure yeah. you've heard of it. Um, yeah. And so... <laughs> And so she uses nursery rhymes and says "eeny meeny miny mo." She's doing a play on the way that Bush treated our people mm. in that moment, and families being left behind, and who got picked up and who didn't, and how. Um, I love artists that take our people and keep them center in the work. Yes, um, I just had a conversation. Um, at work about the white gaze and the way that interesting Toni Morrison did an interview some time ago about um, a critic and it's like it's Toni Morrison so why anybody would talk shit I'm just not sure but yes um, after one of her pieces came out the critic said you know she's going to be a real writer when she stops you know when she talks about the real issues and stops talking I'm about sorry, race what? yeah I know really? and stop talking about race and what he hmm. meant by that and her response to it was as black writers or writers of color, really any marginalized group, you're constantly having to or you feel compelled to filter and craft your work by what white people will think. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of this apologetic liberation where you yeah. are paying attention to the words you choose or feeling like you have to add narrative so that white people get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so artists that <laughs> I feel like I got to do that all day at work. Yeah. I had to do it as a student with a white teacher. Like even when the power differential is, Word. is you know, you still find yourself having to, to pe- put white people at the center. Yeah. And I really respect and I'm inspired by artists that are not going to be swayed by that, that are unapologetically keeping their people at the center of their work. Yeah. Um, so those are the pieces that always draw me in. Those are the people pieces that I keep up in my little cubicle when I'm trying not to lose my shit um, <laughs> is just these reminders to show up as you mm-hmm. um, and that you is you is the shit like already. Absolutely. Um, 
Absolutely. Yeah. I um I think my first experience like I had always like you know I love hip hop in general, but I feel like when I first heard like when I first had a an emotional experience listening to spoken word, mm-hmm. it was like church. Because I would always sit in church and there'll be these people, they feel their thing and not, not to knock them against them. But I'll be like, okay. You know? And so, but I remember when I first heard, um, I was listening to the Roots album, Things Fall Apart. Mm-hmm. And there's this song, not not the poem at the end of the album is called yep. Return to Innocence Lost by yeah. Ursula Rucker. Mm-hmm. And the story was, the story felt familiar to me. Mm. And it was something that was so poignant so jarring mm-hmm. and so familiar that I it brought tears to my eyes when I listened to it. Yeah. And that's when I, I became like a um just a a big proponent of spoken word mm-hmm. in general. I would go to I would go to these poetry nights around New Orleans, right? Um they had this place called True Brew Cafe. <laughs> okay. And it was I laugh I used to laugh at it because it was very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of brown T shirts. A lot of um, <laughs> a lot of dreadlocks. Okay, you know, I'm this. I'm getting a picture here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was Love Jones all day. Sure, right? <laughs> and so um, minus Nia Long's fine exactly. Ass. My no one looked like Nia Long. Oh, uh, never, there. not then um. and not, not then and not now. <laughs> <laughs> now you had a couple of Jill Scotts though, so it was still <laughs> still beautiful women. Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus, they were beautiful. But um, <laughs> but what, even the no matter how people look. Yeah. They got a chance to bear their soul on nice. stage. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that it was our version of church. Mm-hmm. Because we would yeah. all learn something there. Yep. We would all touch something within our souls every time we went there. Mm-hmm. So that's why you had so many repeat people right. Uh, right. going there. So I, I, I grew up to love and respect uh, the poetry scene there. Um, I got a chance to really get a little bit into a, the poetry scene in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, Seattle Poetry Slam every. Um, I think they do like they do their thing um, once a week, and it's it's really good. And I went to a couple of their things. Have you ever gotten into like the scene out there? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> For I don't fuck with them. No, <laughs> it's not even like that. I just yeah, I have not. Number one, I'm always I hate to drive. I'll just tell yeah. you that. Yeah, and so. It takes a lot, and you've experienced this, sadly, Absolutely. where I've been like, I'm just not, no, not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Is me going to Seattle, um, it would, it usually would take something really extra, um, mm-hmm. and my, sort of my social awkwardness, my introversion, I always, that was, it didn't take much for me to just be like, okay, I want to, I want to cultivate and you know, develop my craft here in yeah. my own city. Um, and so since I've been Poet Laureate, I've tried to work to create some spaces, not really necessarily in that same way. Yeah. Um, as, you know, sort of weekly slams or weekly open mics. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just recently I did a solstice. So it's that sounds really summer white. solstice. Yeah. But I spelled it S-O-U-L. Oh, okay. You see what I did there? That made it black as right, shit. Right. Universal um, Circus. So essentially, we, <laughs> we took over the Tacoma Art Museum yeah. and centered it with artists of color and LGBTQ artists. Okay. And featured poetry and um, live art and that kind of thing. 
right here in the city and and have it centered like i said for folks that don't normally want to be at the museum because Mm -hmm. it feels uncomfortable it feels white there's no representation yeah um so that's been more my journey is just trying to find spaces and places here yeah. It's not to knock Seattle. I enjoy going up no, there. No, but it, I enjoy sometimes you got to take care of home. Um, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I just don't like the freeway, so there's that. that um, it, there's that as and well. Yeah, yeah. I definitely get you on that one. Um, I, I had... Um, it's always an a, a interesting thing when dealing with both cities. Like, I, yeah. always, I always like to it's call... It's always weird. I like to call Seattle my side chick city. Okay. Because, like, like, I go to Seattle and I do all the all the things but then i come back home here mm-hmm. and it's it's very chill but there's part of me that's like man i really need to sit back and build up this city right because nobody else tacoma because no one else is gonna do it, it. yep it's and true. i'm the one i have ideas right you know what I'm <laughs> i have ideas i want to do things and there's nothing particularly stopping me right yeah so that that's one of the reasons why i definitely want to get more into like live performances here and creating an avenue for artists to really thrive yeah, uh, I think that's here. why I actually you are on. I'm not sure if you realize this. I think that you do, but um, it's a short list of people who I actually will respond to mm-hmm. um, <laughs> via text or phone or I, message. I appreciate that. Um, but you are on that list because I feel like <laughs> you are one of um, sort of this community of creative entrepreneurs that we can all kind of support and Hold each other accountable. Hold each other in love, obviously. But be absolutely, like, yeah. Dude, what you been up to? You okay? Do you need anything? How's the studio coming along? Absolutely, or yeah. Showing up at each other's events, um, because the white folks just ain't gonna model that for us. We have <laughs> yeah. to do it for each other. Well, no one's gonna give us anything. No, in, in clearly, history, no one. We if yes, if, if history is a teacher, anything. we ain't getting shit. Absolutely, um, we got to take shit. So that, I'm I'm so big <laughs> on promoting black. Art. Yes. You know, in general, like I love art in general, mm-hmm. but I think that if someone is like, "Hey, we're holding this event. It's a black ass event, right? Bliggity, bliggity black, absolutely, bliggity mm-hmm. black, black, black." And I'm I'm always in it, especially if it's something that I feel like people need to see. People need to see us be creative, right. like live in person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We 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 are such cur- curators of the culture, right? In general, we so create true. the culture that people love so much. And to watch black people do it is is such an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 very big on that, man. There's, I, I like, it's so funny. All right, Kelly, like <laughs> you do so much that I'm like, all right, where do I go next? And I it's don't confusing. Do that much. You do, but and I love that because it's inspiring. Aww. Like you're always working, you're always doing these different things, and and yet I'm I appreciate the fact that you get every once in a while we. You stop and holler at me. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Like we, you know, we we remember we um, we actually sat at the coffee shop and just chopped it up. We did on on things like that, yep. and that's always that's always cool. Now I appreciate that. So we're gonna get into like I guess the next thing you got going on, like like how was how was putting together a book of your poetry, oh, and gosh. how was like the process of going through that and getting it out, and what have been some of the responses that you've gotten? Yeah. I um it was a long time coming mm-hmm. um because like I said I just thought of poetry as something I did on the side yeah um I didn't actually share my work in any kind of public way until I was in my mid thirties 
Um, and that was through a, it was actually through a program at the Broadway Center. Interesting. Um, that I wish it would be so great if they brought back. But it's, it was called Voices of the City, and they, they essentially specifically wanted people that were consider themselves really creative. Yeah. But hadn't ever like declared that they were artists. They had never shared their work, and they had this whole group of folks that met. They took you through exercises. I like that. There's no age limit in that. No, there was not. I, I yes. feel like that's important. Mm-hmm. We had we had some folks in like their early twenties, all the way through mm-hmm. their sixties. I actually still have some Wonderful. some friends from that, mm. um, and a couple of the poems that I wrote during that um, group actually ended up in the book. Okay, and so the book I just pulled the trigger on it because I needed to get it out of my life. Yeah, not because I mean it not, and I have no connection, no like deep connections to the literary community. I don't have an agent. <laughs> I don't have any of that shit. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the main drivers of my art um, and one of the reasons that I put out stuff that I think that is scary to me, like stuff about my mental health and stuff about yeah. gender and pain and all of that is because mm. it's supposed to be healing. Um, yeah. And you can't get onto the other side. You can't get to the healing part unless you actually acknowledge and kind of flesh out the wounds. Yeah. And so that book, my um, my first collection is... It's all those wounds. It's me trying to just mm. turn my shit inside out and share that with people. And I just pulled the trigger on it and put the shit on Amazon so that I could move on to the next thing. Absolutely. Because and what's the name of that book? It's from? called What Us Is. And mm. it is on Amazon. Grammar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See how I made the title extra bliggity black? Yes. I'm like, you can get some vocabulary words if you purchase the book and open the cover. But what yes. you going to get... Is what us is like That's your spell on the outside. Check yes, done in so. The oh yeah, it hated it. It yeah. hated my book. Um, <laughs> it really did. Like you Google it and like Google goes nigga, nigga, for real, <laughs> like really, bitch. Yes. Um, and so, so it is like this. Just it covers probably about I don't know twelve to fifteen years worth of work. Wonderful. That I just Wonderful. been holding on to. Um, and I needed to stop that. It was yeah. it was a lot of fear based behavior, and I'm always pushing my students and and even like the leadership I work with. I'm trying to push people to stop making fear based decisions, but I found Definitely. that my work, my creative work, was all about fear based decisions because I didn't want to be fully vulnerable mm-hmm. um, and really hold myself accountable in that way. Interesting. And so once I shared it and I went to the book launch, you, you know, you were there. Thank yes. God you were there. It, it was, was so a, nice to see a friendly black face. Yeah, it was um, it was great to see all the faces. Actually. Yes, it was, it was great. A, yeah, it, it was, was a harmonious experience. Like, <laughs> I thought it, was it was great fun. to feel supported. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to good old Black Kettle for being they do a really good job of supporting the arts community. And rest in peace to Black Kettle. Like. That, that are they gone now they're gone now. you're lying they are gone now i saw that it looked like i thought maybe they were just renovating someplace I, somebody what? somebody robbed them are you kidding? and they were not able to that um, hurts my part yeah that's sad like uh like it, Damn, and, and it was such a powerful see, place i told you i don't leave the house i know like it was such a powerful place for the lgbtq community it was it really was they had, like they started having a lot of poetry people. stuff and exactly and like, I liked talent bummer yeah Anyways, sorry no no um, no it's i mean i feel like um they lost to come lost a, a, they really did a safe space 
That's um, for a lot of people, and I think they really need to bring it back. I hope I hope they're able to recover eventually. Because you know, they're right across the street from the city. The city needs to throw them some money. Exactly. Damn. Exactly. So huh. that's how I feel about it. Okay. I was Sorry. like, man. Um, yeah. yeah. So in sharing the book, um, you know, I, I shared a few of my favorite pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed talking to people. The other thing I did right after that was a storytelling crawl with um, Creative Colloquy, where I did, um, I shared my story of. Um, struggling with mental health and going to a psychiatric hospital mm. and I called it the the black girl's guide to voluntary commitment and so I talked a lot about <laughs> my life before the hospital during the hospital and after the hospital um, and just in in sh- taking the risk to share the book and to share my yeah. really personal story around mental health um, a lot of folks came up and appreciated just having language to go with some of that, either for their own personal experiences or one woman came up and talked about her brother Mm. and how they just didn't know what else to do and couldn't understand where he was coming from. And listening to my story helped her see some of the things he was struggling with in terms of just cutting himself off from the world or why he would all of a sudden get angry or, you know, just trying Mm -hmm. to like put together a narrative for him. I know that um, mental health is a definitely taboo subject Mm -hmm. in the black community. For sure. I think that um, one of the things that is interesting, moving out here, coming from a heavily black community to a very mixed community, um, I had started going to therapy out here mm-hmm. because I was around a bunch of different people and it was mm. and it made it seem OK. Hmm. I think that um, it's very interesting that you were so open about your your mental health. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I know that we all talk about being blackity black <laughs> and things like that, but I, 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 part of me thinks that that's a benefit to living in a place where mm. conceptually it's okay to be, to, to seek out and get help. Right. N- not necessarily in the black community. Right. But, but just, overall. Yeah. But yeah. in our, in the, the city. Yeah. In the city. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a thing. Um, I grew up where. You know, me- addressing your mental health was a taboo subject. Yeah. Um. You either go to Jesus, or you go your ass to bed. Or you or, go your ass yes. to bed, or you just you just Hold crazy. It up. You just <laughs> you just crazy. You touched. Yeah. You touched, know? And fits. All, you know, all she's having of one of her fits. Exactly. You mm-hmm. have one of her fits, but yeah. really, you're you're reaching out for help and right. you're having these issues. Yeah. And therapy has helped me so much. Mm-hmm. Um. As as a as a person and a grown man has helped me deal with a lot of issues that I had to face within myself and ultimately make me a better person. You know, it's how cycles are broken. Exactly. I think yep. true true self-reflection is how cycles are broken. Um what Damn, okay poet. <laughs> Get my right. t shirt. You right. I need a hoodie I'm, with that shit I'm on. I'm all right. I'm all right. So <laughs> um I wanted to ask you at what point in your life did you realize that mental health was an issue with you? Like, cause you know, that takes a lot. It takes mm-hmm. a lot for a person to admit to themselves that, Hey, I'm not okay. Right. You know, cause we, we are, we are our harshest critic, but we are also our biggest yes men. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? We right. lie to each other all the time. Right. Yeah. And it, and it, and it feels a lot more comfortable to just stay, you know, I think I had been depressed for so long that it's that was easy. my norm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so anything that seemed different outside of that was either just me tripping or not reality or mm-hmm. too scary to deal with. And so I think that 
Um, I remember being depressed as far back, probably as middle school or high school, but I just framed it in me being tired. Mm -hmm. I think when you're young, you frame stuff in a physical um, symptom. Yeah. And you use the language that you grew up with, Mm -hmm. which with a black grandma and a black mom and a black dad and it was me being tired or lazy or Mm. whatever, distracted or, you know, it was it was this qualifier of my behavior. It wasn't about what was going on in my brain. Yeah. Um, And I just think I that started to build up year after year in college um, was kind of a rough time in Mm -hmm. some ways. I was in a relationship that was um, got grew to be abusive. Yeah. Um, And then I had my I got pregnant and had my daughter finals week of my junior year in college (laughs) because I just wanted to make my shit that much more challenging. Sometimes life is just it just is. Yeah, I just I needed to add something to that. (laughs) Um, And so the process of having Jada um, when I was 21, I had the summer to kind of sort of get my shit together, but I hadn't dealt with the relationship. I hadn't de- dealt with anything. And I was mm-hmm. fucking 21. Like, who knows who they are when they're 21? Yeah, absolutely. Not for reals. Um, no. And so I spent my senior year just trying to get through. I worked full time. I went to school full time. I was trying to keep this little person alive. And so I took all of that survival mentality into my early professional life. Mm-hmm. And it just caught up with me. Um probably right around like 2007, 2008. Um, I was in my first marriage and I just remember, and by that time I had another child. Okay. And I remember telling my partner at the time, I'm just not well. Like I don't feel well. Those are the only words I had for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't sleep more than a couple hours a night. Um, And that marriage fell apart, not because of me saying I'm not well, but yeah. it, it it just wasn't a partnership. You and I have talked about that yeah, shit before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I understand. But it really caught up with me um, being at a job that was extremely racist mm-hmm. and me not really Isn't knowing. that like a soul killer when your job is like oh that? Oh, my God. Oh, man. There was that, and then That's just terrible. it sort of like triggered a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just literally just felt paralyzed um, and I hadn't slept for about five days. Mm. And I feel blessed enough to have a partner that was like, nah, we're going to go ahead and do something about it, which yeah. I'm super thankful for. But what nobody tells you is once you go, uh, you know, you take that plunge to ask for help. Yeah. You literally have to beg and plead. And I remember being in the hospital and hearing the social worker trying to get me a bed somewhere and her her coming back to to try to like prompt me with questions to get me to say I was suicidal or how suicidal I was oh. because they said, well, they're, they're thinking maybe you're not suicidal enough. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the <laughs> fucked up side of it yeah. is that yes, yes. It to your point about like there, it just, the language being more normed here in yeah. the Northwest. Yeah. But then the mental health, like the actual system, Mm. ERs aren't set up for mental health. They're set up for physical issues. Yeah, I know. Um, And then the homeless population are all dealing with mental health as well. Absolutely. So they put them in jail. And then for those of us that are... Because that's going to fix anything. Yeah, And so I waited, I think it was about 36 hours in in the ER before they would even just offer me any medication. or Like, it was just a whole thing that gave me a whole new level of 
hopelessness, I guess. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I finally got up my nerve as a black woman to go and say, I cannot function because my brain is not working. Yeah. And then have them go, are you sure? Are you sure? That's, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are, like literally for 36 so hours. It was yeah. fucked up. They moved us around the ER five times. Um, and then getting to the hospital, that was its own shit. Um, mm. And I see very much why. I'm glad that I went. I felt like it did help me reset in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But when you get there, you realize how people go in and get worse. Yeah. Um, because there was, you know, 30 people crammed into this so-called group therapy session. Um, and you're just not really given an opportunity to kind of get like customized healing, mm -hmm. not in a way that you could with like a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, so it was quite an adventure. I will do my best to never go back, but <laughs> I, I made some homies in there as well. Yeah. One of which actually I found out when I when I was in there and we were talking because, you know, as black people, we go in and find the black people. Absolutely. That's like just what we do. Hey girl. Um, <laughs> and this yeah. dude actually lived on the hilltop, like <laughs> a couple blocks from me. Yeah. Um, and he was in there over a landlord situation, which I get that as well. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so it was a huge lesson in what I could what what I could own, like what part of my journey I could own to not revisit that place of despair, and how could I model that shit for my kids? Oh, okay. Um, to not stigmatize what I had been through or not. Yeah. Them I was going like, to ask, yeah. like, what was the biggest lesson you learned from all that? So, yeah. Yeah. It was just to trust myself. Mm. You know, I think as, um, black people and black women, we don't, we have a history of, of being dehumanized. And so we've internalized that for ourselves. Um, and like we were just talking about being crazy or, depressed or whatever that's for white people we don't have time for that like yeah. we don't have eating disorders we don't have time for that that's mm -hmm. a white girl thing we yeah. got all that shit too yep we just don't allow ourselves to call it that yeah. um so having to go through that and having to humble myself and realize that and forgive myself really for for pushing it out that long yeah and allowing myself to like devote all my energy and time to heal everybody else and not myself um, was a huge lesson because I knew it, that just is not a sustainable yeah. good way to be and having the conversation with my kids about where I had been <laughs> <laughs> was super interesting um, my daughter was you know older at the time she was 20 at the time so I felt like I could talk to her about that and yeah. um, name it and she was, she was away at school um, but I just told her you know I was sick and that's how I framed it because with mental well, that's health, what it is. it's exactly what it is. And exactly. with mental health, people get a little paralyzed. But it's like if you had stabbed yourself accidentally, you fell on a knife or, you know, you broke your hand or whatever. Nobody wants a justification of why you went to the ER. Yeah. Um, and so I really wanted to just find ways in both my art and just in my personal relationships to use it um, to just create some more understanding. Mm. Yeah. That's that's real. Yeah. That's real. That that's quite the experience. Quite the experience. I think um never want to wear those uh those slippers again, I'll tell you that. No, no, no. no they're no. they're just like prison slides, Chris. That's gross. It's too there's too much overlap between prison and mental health hospitals. And it doesn't like I think it fucks up the psyche and I think this is yeah. why 
black people in general are afraid to be vulnerable mm-hmm. because we're viewed. I think we're unfairly viewed as this strong, like we're and strong, just less hard than people. human. Yeah, we less are. Than human. We are chattel. We could, if yeah. we could make the middle passage, we can deal with depression. I, I was just, I was just in the hospital um, today checking on. Like I had a, a torn um, tendonitis, and um, and like I'm explaining to the doctor that like, hey, this is about an eight in pain. And I've been dealing with this pain for over a month right now. Like, I am waking up in the middle of the night in pain. If I do not take pain pills, I feel it. And they just kind of look at me like, yeah, man, just keep taking the pills. And I couldn't help. Like, man, if I was like a white dude if or a white Skyler, girl. Skyler, Skyler yeah. or Connor. I know a Skyler. I'm sorry. He's black bad. as shit. Oh, okay. But yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> He's I from gotta, out here. I got to broaden my here. circle. I got to yes, broaden my yes. circle. But you know, if it was Brad. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're like, there's only like two brads. Yeah. Uh, two black brads. There's only two black brads. Yeah. Um, so like, but yeah, like if it was a different, if I came from a different culture, I wonder how that would have really mm-hmm. received. Because he pretty much gave me the the professional medical equivalent of niggas get shot every day, B. You'd be right, like, right, shake it you off. tough, right? Yeah. Camera okay. boys. You know what I'm saying? So okay. like, it was just more so of a, um, that was kind of disheartening. Mm-hmm. And... It makes me think, like, why isn't our black pain taken seriously? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And it's viewed as black pain, not just regular pain. Right. Because the human... I feel like the human experience is a painful one. Mm Mm-hmm. In general. Like, it's all across the board. You know what I'm saying? Like, relationships are hard. Mm -hmm. Life is hard. Depression is hard. Why is our situation different? Mm Mm-hmm. I was um I was talking to with a friend of mine, which leads me into the next question I at I'm gonna ask you about was um a friend of mine is was talking about a Black Lives Matter thing you know, and what he, what he found was um that he's noticed that a lot of white a lot more white people are saying that Black Lives Matter, which I think is very progressive, um because we we've been known we mattered. <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, I'm you motherfuckers are late. Yeah. I don't go to Black Lives Matter <laughs> events. You know, and I yeah. believe Black Lives right. Matter, obviously, but I don't go to Black Lives Matter because it's not my fight. I already know. Mm-hmm. Um they mm-hmm. they should know. And I think real change comes from when the opposition starts realizing it's wrong. Right. You know? So I wanted to ask like what has been your experience with the Black Lives Matter movement? How are you what are your thoughts on everything that's been Highly publicizing the news as of late. Like lately, you know, you got white people calling the police like they're concierge. Oh my god! Things it's like that. Fucking believable. Yeah, it's been crazy. Oh, what, what are your so thoughts? much, Chris? I don't even know where to start. I Holy think shit! The first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, sort of these awkward, peculiar situations I would find myself in as a teacher. Yeah. Um, who is teaching? Majority white students, um, students for the most part, it varied, but a lot of the classes I taught, I was teaching those that wanted to be teachers. Okay. And then it, when we would get to the part, it was called Multicultural Perspectives in Ed. So I was talking about race and gender in public education and really trying to help people like create this pipeline of empathy that they could tap into so that they're mm-hmm. not dismissive and like feeding into school to prison pipeline and sending yes. the white students to go get assessed, but sending the black students 
to the principal's office or expelling mm. them. Yes. Um, and understanding that there's a disruption and a thought process that has to happen for you to actually chip away at that, the way that students of color are um, impacted. Mm-hmm. And to be the authority figure in a class and have a white student who's 10 years younger than me, if not more, mm-hmm. um, really want to have a debate with me mm. and dismiss whatever authority that I'm supposed to have in that. <laughs> yeah. And me, oh, I have blown off some white students' faces in the kindest um, Maya Angelou-esque way that I could come <laughs> up with. Because this is the this is herein lies the problem, right? Yeah. If Black Lives Matter and it's all you know, all lives matter and blue mm-hmm. and purple and all that bullshit, all the Smurfs, um, oh. all of the Smurfs, yeah. then <laughs> why? Like I know that if my name was Professor Wachowski uh-huh. and I was doing this, you wouldn't be pushing back on me. The fact that you feel like um, your opinion is superior your opinion critique is invited in my classroom mm-hmm. tells me that you view me differently than other um, professors. Mm. So clearly there's an issue. One there. of the things that I miss about living in the South is the blatant racism. Because at, <laughs> at least you knew? At least you knew. Mm-hmm. Like out here, it's very like subtle. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yikes. Really? Yeah. And it's just certain times you just, you realize that people are uncomfortable. I was at a... um. I was out the other night at a show, and as soon as I sat down, these ladies moved their purse in front of them, and wow. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know? And granted, you know, part of me, you know what's funny with black people? We're such good people. Uh, we often want to view the best of people. Oh, yeah. And we go, yeah, well, maybe we are the she, most just, forgiving. she just realizes yeah. that, you know, I'm here, I'm new here, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> she just realizes that, hey... I'm just sitting here. She's just going to move. But I know in, in reality, that's right. the thing. You know? it's, it's, yeah. it's the fear. It's the threat. Um, and watching my son, who has shot up in height and weight mm-hmm. and just presence, watching the way people's perception of him and reaction to him has changed. Yeah. Has definitely. It's added scary for black boys. Later. It just is. And I was yeah. actually just talking to one of my colleagues about this earlier is that I had to go for Jada, my firstborn, mm-hmm. you know, there's always going to be some shit with a teacher or whatever, where you got to mm-hmm. advocate for your kids. Absolutely. I didn't really have to do that for Jada until like eighth grade in terms of, of a teacher doing what I thought was based on her race. Yeah. Zion, it was first grade. Oh yeah. I had to go in and be like, bitch, my baby reads a second grade. You giving him preschool shit and you know mm-hmm. he get like and I went to the class. She had all the boys of color at the same table. Like she had literally segregated her classroom. Mm. And so having it start so young. Yeah. Um, and I was actually talking to Melissa, who you referenced earlier. We were talking about yeah. the way that racial anxiety plays this role in our lives um, as parents of black boys just the toiling over the what ifs and um, holding this tension of letting him be a kid yeah. and be a dumbass, but also protecting him mm. um, and having real conversations with him about what do you say if a cop pulls you over? What do you say in the mall? If security is following you, do you say anything? Yeah. Um, don't nobody care that you, and my son is what you might call pretty. 
He's mm-hmm. a little lighter. He's got some little curly mohawk situation <laughs> happening. But in this day and age, nobody gives a shit. Nah, he, nah. He um, is still seen as a threat. You can be racially ambiguous. And my Absolutely. question is, what do the police think you are? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> that's all that fucking matters. That's what matters at the end of the yes. day. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's, um, it's tragic. Yeah, so it's just been stressful. And mm-hmm. we, in my role as Poet Laureate, I was wanting to... Um, not only continue to make the black experience visible, but also force people to think about intersections and not all black experience Mm -hmm. is monolithic. There is the black male experience and female and everything in between. Um, A lot of non-binary people, a lot of queer community, a lot of trans stuff. And it really brought to light my own education around the black trans experience and realizing how many trans women of color have died yeah, um, in the past few years. Speaking of which, like yes. not not that died, but just um, black trans. Like, have you have you had a chance to dip into the show Pose? Yes, I love that show. Oh so my much. god, I've been oh. I've been crying like a just a. Punk. It's like the oh my god. it's like the it's LGBTQ trans. This is us. It's it's everything. I was like, it's I'm not amazing. here for this emotional shit. But it's gonna suck you in, and you're oh, gonna stay there. Man. No, there's been no other show like it. I was I was a little scared because it was yeah. Ryan Murphy. All right, that's the other thing. Okay, so you know a lot of uh, you're the third person I said um, that I heard that was a little scared about it. Yeah. Why are we scared of Ryan Murphy? I am not. It's not specifically Ryan Murphy, but it's but it's about, white males. It's about well, not even just white. Well, there is yes, there's a white male thing, but yes. there's such a history of cis gay people. Uh huh creating a narrative or having a mm. negative shit stigma treatment yeah. of the well, trans community. I was glad that Janet Mock Exactly. Yes. When a, I saw that name, advocate. I was like, okay, yeah. I feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um and I feel like Ryan is doing what I wish so many white people would do. Would sit your ass back and let prepare, people be yeah, great. Share the resource and go yes. on and get now. Mm-hmm. Let those whose story it is tell the story, have control over the story. Yes. I was so encouraged to see trans actors in the roles. Me too. I thought that was right. And I was watching that going, man, this is such a big event. Mm -hmm. I always think that it's so important for people like myself, assist, assist Mm -hmm. straight male to advocate for the gay community. Absolutely. Um, because just like white people, like it, it makes, it makes sense. It speaks to more when other people, that's right. Because obviously we care and they're going to care about their culture because it's their culture. But that shit takes a toll. It does. There is no real tipping point Absolutely. for the advocacy until other people start to pe- to speak up. Exactly. Um, and I'm so in- that made me so happy. Yeah, it was. That, Chris. Oh, but oh my god! Like, um, <laughs> did you watch the, the Christmas episode? Like, I went, uh, fucking Gregory Porter, oh. Billy Porter, Billy Porter, right? Billy, Billy, Billy Porter. Oh, Gregory Porter is a jazz. Artist. Yes, that's okay. Uh, but uh, but Billy Porter. <laughs> first of all, I love him I'm so sitting much. there. I was like, I was sitting there. I was having the true black ass event when you talk to the TV, <laughs> right? So he go into the he go into the hospital, and he gets oh. up on the mic, and it was like he gone. This motherfucker gonna sing for all. And he was like, I want to break into all we know. I'm like, no, you didn't. Amazing. <laughs> and then, then she gets up, um, Evangelista. Yes. Evangelista, she gets up and she's like, oh, I'm going to do home. By... <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord. All the classics. We, ju- we just going to make everybody cry Everybody's today. Everybody's going to fall Everybody was out. tearing up in my house. I was like, motherfucker. So good. But, uh, man, if, if this motherfucker, Billy Porter, don't get a... Get <laughs> he better Emmy. get something. 
He needs to get an Emmy. He's I'm sorry, perfect. this dude is killing like, it. Whoever I, did the casting for this show, man, it's amazing. Oh my god, it's a beautiful. And I love this little dynamic of the white dude with Angel, um, and being you know having this affair with a trans person yeah. and having his little white traditional life and it's, all of that tension that's there. It's very interesting because um, to the straight community, mm. that guy's automatically gay, right? He in can't just ways. be. He's they, yes. I yeah. think our orientation to have to categorize mm-hmm. is, and I get it because it does make it simpler. But it makes it simpler for you. Exactly. It doesn't make it, it makes simple it comfortable for or, other people. Right. Exactly. And that dude just might be a. He just, just attracted might like to it. women. Exactly. That's the thing. He may be attracted and, to women. And Some women to have not different consider, aspects. To not consider Angel a woman means you don't understand. Yeah. Angel's gorgeous. Angel's beautiful. Angel's gorgeous. <laughs> I was like, wow. Angel's pretty. Like, I need Angel skin. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there are certain things where I'm like, as a straight male, like, and I'm all about the rights. I'm Mm -hmm. all about the rights. I think everybody Mm -hmm. has rights or whatnot. There are certain things that I'm, you know, that that are just not exactly by cup of tea, but it's like, that's not meant for me. Right. And I think one of the things I appreciate about you is that you don't feel compelled to analyze. No, it's it, one thing it's to not observe that, it's and not my see, but business. right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I never wondered. I never cared about like. I never walked up to any of my boys and was like, "Dog, I really am concerned about who you fucking right now." Man. <laughs> you haven't. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> like I saw her, and I'm like, I'm wondering what's really good, man. Like, how do y'all have sex? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like. I don't, and oh, which, when yeah. you think about it like that, you realize how stupid it sounds. Why do some dudes do that, though? Huh? What is because that? Because we want to stick is our dick just... in everything. But, and no, we no, wonder, no. like, if, we, if our dick is not there, we need to know why it's not. But <laughs> you know what I mean, saying? like, for not just black men, but I'm going to ask just you. Just men in general. Your, but men in general. Yeah. This um, extra analysis of non-heterosex like yeah. what happens you know what's crazy who's the, like people have asked me and my wife you know mm-hmm. who's the man and yeah well, like, i'm just like nobody the motherfucker, fuck I, it? exactly because there need there has to be one or yeah. i don't know it's it just, just makes you kind of want to look at like when my kids say some out of line shit right yeah you just want to smack the shit yeah out you want to smack the shit up what i do is i like to look around and i google who the fuck you talking to like because i'm confused <laughs> we're all confused right now this is crazy you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I, feel like- I don't know. I think that's really corny yeah. and it's childish to right, like right. to ask those those it's evasive a, questions. It's a, it's a try. I try to tell myself it's just somebody else's insecurity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they can't make sense of it, but and I just can't. Woo, it's I like just the older I get, I'm becoming my that crotchety. You. My what'd you say? I just changed half the questions I was going to ask you just now. Oh, but I'm thank sorry. you, thank you. It was a bunch of those questions. Like, how does that work? <laughs> um, <I'm> just- <laughs> ask no, me that no. after you I'll, stop recording all right i will i will <laughs> like what exactly is a vagina um so <laughs> you gotta be choking on me <laughs> nah i just oh, i don't know i, I just always thought you. that was corny you know what's crazy i don't even like i don't watch lesbian porn for that reason because of vaginas no they're not there for me like, oh. so i don't because i don't i let people live man if I see two lesbians together, I go. So you don't those find people that, are together. Like, arousing? You're no, just, I do like, not, not find lesbians not arousing. Not interested. Not at all. They're not interested in me. Well, that's true. Why do Why do I? Why care? would I want to watch? Exactly. Well, you need I'm, to do a webinar or something. That's not like that's not any of my business. Like when I see two lesbians making out, that's not. 
They're just like they're two gay involved. men. Right. I right. am not involved in that. Right. Unless they go, hold on, I got to stop kissing my girl. Chris, could you join in on this? <laughs> and then I go, really? You, you guys are, okay. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Until I get that specific get invite. The invitation, right. Exactly. I don't give a shit. That's y'all life. And I think men men have to kind of like humble themselves in a way of like, it's not about you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think part of that is the insecurities that men have in themselves or people in general have in mm-hmm. themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and the Bible. But like <laughs> people, people have that stuff in themselves and they just need to kind of like, like just mind their own business. Right. Right. Do you, man. Don't watch me. Watch mm-hmm. TV. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I sound like an old man. My no, girl, my girl no, told I me like I sound it. like an old man when I say that shit. I like that you're crotchety and I love being crotchety. It's direct. great. It's not great for my blood it. pressure. But it's, it's, it's great in general. Um, I am... It's been like... I feel like I should switch it up a little bit. Okay. All right, so... Let me brace myself then. Yes. Brace the, all right, so I always... I, always, I ask my friends... A lot of questions about like, are you into music? Mm-hmm. You big into music? All right, cool. Well, cool, cool. like, I don't know about, I don't know when when people say, "Are you big into music?" To me, it means I keep up on new shit, and I don't. No, no, so no, that's no, no, not what, no, okay. no, no. This okay, is, good. It's all about you and your journey. Okay, yes, your I love music. In life. Then. Your journey in life. Mm-hmm. Um, your let's the past year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick a song. To describe your past year. Oh, God. What would that song be? Ooh. You're like the black male Oprah. Yeah, yeah, I do this shit. I'm, I'm not giving you a card, by the way. Like, no matter how much. You're not? No, okay. no matter how much you compliment That's me on fine. being a black male Oprah. I'm broke. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I could plant a seed if I want to. Okay, cool. Plant that um, seed, baby. Plant that, oh that blessing. Boy. May come. At some point. Song <laughs> of the year. Um, I am really enjoying um Janelle Monet's newest collection. Mm. Um That was such a queer ass answer. I know. <laughs> it was. And that's why I was like, I don't really want to say that because it's kind of predictable. <laughs> and it is. It is. Um It's a great ass album though. It is. And yeah, I, I yeah. think that I just saw her. I, I saw her at Marymore. I went to that concert, too. You Shut up. Seriously. You did? Yeah, I was there. Oh, my God. I wish oh, I was Oh, shit. That was like a, it, no. it it was was a, like a pride concert. It kind of was. It was it? great. I hugged so many lesbians. It was did you awesome. see the girl with the vagina pants on? Yes. That was hilarious. That shit was dope. She had nerves. It's dope. I, let me, I'll tell you a funny story about okay. me. And Wait, me, I'm going to, um, while you talk, I'm going to look at my phone because that'll help me with a song. Okay, Go, cool. Talk, so I was at a, um, I was at a LGBTQ community. And this is where sometimes you have to check your own male shit, you know? And yes. so, like, I was in line with this this um <laughs> this lesbian who, who was oh, obviously God. on the more butch okay. front, right? Is that is that cool to say butch? Yeah. Yeah, butch. Okay, cool. She was like on the more well, you butch. You wouldn't front. say it to her, but you could say it to me. All right, cool, cool, cool. I mean, she said it. Yeah. Well, then it's fine. It's cool. So, it. like, you know, we were just talking in general, and she was so so sweet, and she was so nice to me, and she bought my drink. Okay. She brought my drink. And part of me, I was like, thank you. And I gave her a hug. She can obviously tell that I was straight. Sure. Because uh, I had a stain on my shirt. But, like, other than that, <laughs> uh, she she gave me a hug. And she was like, thank you for supporting us. 
Aww. And I was like, oh, like, I appreciate I just that. I like this music, but okay. And I thought that was so that awesome. Was and part of me was like, should I offer to eat out? Like, is this the thing? Like, <laughs> I hate you right now. Should I like? Oh. Should I offer something? Like, or just say thank? You. I just said thank you. That was the right choice. That was the right choice. But I was like, I put, I should put out. Like, I bought her a drink. She bought me a drink. That was so wow. sweet of her. That's so hetero. Oh me. man, that was such a hetero. It's okay though. I shamed myself for three well, days you know after what? that thought. Actually, like- <laughs> that is a bit of a hetero response, but at least you're thinking about reciprocity. No, I didn't. I didn't. Like I said, I wouldn't dare no, say no, that. I know. I know you wouldn't. But I was like. But that you're right in that. that I shamed myself. That um, concert was very queer, um, and very like. Very much so. Love festy, which it was great. Was. I but loved I did the vibe. think of another song. What up? Which may still be queer, but Come it's on. far more accurate for the past year. All right. Versus just the first thing that popped in my head. Go on. Um, the song Good as Hell by Lizzo. Oh, love Lizzo. Oh, she's amazing. Love Lizzo. And I just yes. love the lyrics to the song. Uh-huh. Um, one of my best friends is a musician. And she, all, like, if we listen to a song, we experience the same song. We'll, listen, mm-hmm. we'll experience two different things because... AJ always listens to the music because she's a bassist. Yeah. <laughs> I always listen to the lyrics because I'm a poet. Absolutely. Um, and I love Good as Hell because the lyrics are just The timeless. lyrics are great. The lyrics I, are timeless. Yeah. And the past year really has been about me just centering myself in doing what makes me happy mm-hmm. and not vetting it through what other people are going to think and yeah. how it will be received, but really like, looking at my shit at the end of the day when I wipe the minimal amount of makeup that I have the time to put on off my face Mm -hmm. and feel like I spent that day doing what I needed to do in my spirit. Um, So I adore Lizzo. If I ever meet her, I will act like... She she performs here. Like Um, when? Yeah, like a few times a year. You know how I am with the freeway. You're just going to have to keep me posted. I'm that old negress that's Uh, at home... Making preserves and shit, and frying I, up fish and, and making grits and yes. whatnot. I don't know about no, shit. No, being that I'm a performing artist, I'm always. Oh, that's right, because you be doing this, all the festivals. I'll be and trying. I'll be trying. I'll be trying. Well, you so know, I'm I will put on, on like spandex yeah. and just look like one of y'all's groupies just to be in the space. Y- y'all should do it. You right. should do it. I'm always about groupies. I've been, um, doing, so. I've been doing deadlifts, so yes. at this time next year, I may not have yes. most of this cellulite. Okay. All right. You know what? Oh. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. It's real. Nah, but it's nah. I, I'm always a, I'm always big on like what artists are coming in the city. Yeah. So that's always a big thing for me because I just I love live music in general. There's so something about live music and being in that energy and mm-hmm. watching how an artist chooses to interpret it in the moment. Yeah. And the people watching, you cannot beat the people watching oh, yes. at a live show. It's fucking amazing. Yes. Who's one of your favorite live artists? Um, Leela James. Leela James is dope. Lettucey was amazing live. Mm-hmm. Um, Prince. You saw Prince live? I did. Holy shit! <laughs> Should have led in with that. No, it was I was little. <laughs> I was little. I okay. wore I wore a purple pleather skirt. That tells you how young I was. Nice. But it was life changing to see him nice. live. My favorite was Erica Badu. Oh, I was I saw I've never like seen her live. when I lived in Dallas. First of all, Eric Badu comes on stage whenever the fuck she comes on stage. <laughs> I mean, I know what the time says. She doesn't give a shit. No. No. Not, and, but when she come on stage, though, right. she gonna give you a motherfucking... Right. Not even a show. She gonna give a you a motherfucking, motherfucking show. show. Yeah, that tells me exactly. everything. And it's, it is worth everything. Like, you... 
you stop being mad because you just wait four hours. Right. You know what I'm saying? she made so, you forget that. Exactly. She did. And I just remember, oh, my God, I'm witnessing history. Yeah. This Erica Badu is something special, man. And I just, I loved watching her. And it was such a great experience. Um, people how, oh, uh, man. Um, next is, let's say, you know, they make a movie about your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> who plays you? Who plays your love interest? And who plays your mother? Oh boy, my mother is a no-brainer. My mother will be played by Jennifer Lewis. Okay, cool. Like that's, that's it. everybody's mother. So nobody's ever yeah. like. Don't even come and audition. Like that's <laughs> it's her. So okay. just fuck off. Gotcha. And I love you guys. I hope you come and see it. But it's Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> Jennifer Lewis, it is. Oh my All gosh, right. she's. All right. Ugh. Um, I think I would want. Hmm. Oh boy. I think I might want my love interest. Oh boy. To be like maybe Jill Scott. Okay. Maybe even Erica Badu now that I think about it. Who would be your male love interest? Because you had that once. I did. And <laughs> I could again. I mean, who knows? You could again. Hey. Hey. We're a, we're you a, the fu- That's why you are queer. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um, my male love interest would be Winston Duke. Okay. Because <laughs> big ass black dude, you know. I, I mean, you. you know what's so funny is I'm casting this as if I'm actually gonna get to fuck these people, and I'm not. No, no, that's exactly how you should cast. <laughs> Which it. is sad, but literally, it is that's how I is. cast um, Yes, in my head. I mean, I do enjoy Chadwick's talent. Yeah. He's just a fucking amazing character actor. Like when I saw Get On Up, yeah. I was like, this. Is greatness. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a. I'm a can I? Can I Please. say something that's? Please do. That's a little bit, like I. Re- <laughs> there are certain people I realize that are talented. Uh huh. But I wouldn't choose them as my love interest. Right. Like I realize. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear an example, <laughs> motherfucker. Since you want to go there. I don't know. I feel like I don't really yolo. I feel like I realize Octavia like, Spencer is talented. But you would okay. All right. But I'm picking me alone. I feel you. <laughs> like, yes. I totally hear that. I hear it. I respect I'm it. I'm picking me alone. Right. Um, Shout out to Octavia Spencer. I know she's going to kill that role <laughs> as my therapist. But. <laughs> but not necessarily. Not as my, my as girl. That's, that's, okay. Yeah. That's yeah, not I would. I would probably go with Winston Duke, Chadwick, okay. Kofi. But he's kind of young. He would kind of be a Kofi's young lover a for baby. me. He's just a little baby. He's just a little baby. Um, who plays you? Who plays madam? me? Who would play you? I mean, maybe Carrie Washington, but she'd have to eat. <laughs> she'd have to. People are going to hit this. Carrie Washington may hit this. I mean, yes. that's okay. I love Carrie's body as is, but I'm just saying, uh-huh. if you're going to be true to the role, okay. you're going to have to eat grits. <laughs> and ice cream and whole milk. And all right. All right. You know, full just, on it, you have to get thick because I'm thick. Yes. Um, as, oh, my God. If you would have seen me in high school, I looked straight off of. Anyways, whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> um, but I also feel like Viola Davis could be a really good lover for me. OK. And I really would love to look at her arms. I always feel like Viola Davis is somebody's mom and or mentor. Yeah, that's like, probably true. And she's going to cry, and it's not coming it's out. Un- at some like, uh, her at skill some point. set yeah. with the tears. Yes. And, the, like, there's just the emotive. 
I'm not ready. Um, I'm not ready. Damn, you and your goddamn thought-provoking questions. Oh, yeah, man. This is great. I do like Sanaya Latham. Sanaya Latham is great. She could be me. She could be you? Yeah. Interesting. She kind of is my my uh, physique idol. Uh-huh. You know, I know that they say you're not supposed to do that when you, you know, it's just about being healthy. No, I need straight up shallow ass motivation. Absolutely. I need to I need to be like, yes, motherfuckers, y'all yeah. eat this shit up. That's that's how I want to feel. <laughs> that's that's the difference between me doing another set of squats and me not. Absolutely. Is just sheer is like, vanity. Well, part of us, we, we like, just want to stun on, stun on these bitches. Mm-hmm. I feel like stunning on these bitches is always a goal. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's always a goal. Right. Whatever to, gets my pressure down, shit. To stun on these bitches. And that's the thing. All right, Who's going like, to play you, Chris? Huh? Who's going to play you in a movie? I have no idea. Most likely Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> um, <Nice>. I think <laughs> that's always it. Because he, he can make you cry a lot. And that's me. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. I, I still like haven't. That. I watched like the first probably three episodes of This Is Us, mm-hmm. and I feel like I need to go back. Yeah, you know it what? Seems like a good. I mean, like every. It's, I feel like everybody acts well. And I feel all like that. it's cry porn. Okay. It's it's yeah, pretty much I cry got porn. Enough tears. Which Shit. essentially is pose. It is, <laughs> but it's us, so it's different. yeah, it's us, yeah. So it's it's definitely different. All right. Um, I need to ask you about the future. Okay. Um, when it comes to you or whatnot, um. As a poet, like you've been, you've been bestowed upon as like <laughs> this, the, you've been given this title. <laughs> yes. And what do you want to do with it? Like mm-hmm. you known, you're known more now as a poet than anything. Right. Um. What do you want to do with it? Do you want to release more? Uh, do you want to do an audio, mm-hmm. an album, or do you want to write more books? What do you, What are your plans? I am working on a second collection, mm-hmm. and um. I spent some time at a writer's retreat and really that helped me get some perspective and really some freedom to not feel like I had to stay wedded to poetry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, which was good and helpful and inspiring. And so the collection I'm working on now is a combination of poems, of essay, and then um, some of the visual art that I do. And okay. um, it's a way to just sort of feel and see my story and perspective um, with using these different mediums. And I think that one of the most important things about art is that it feels accessible and relevant to a lot of different people. Yes. And so my hope is that, you know, crafting my message in these different ways will draw some different audiences in. Definitely, definitely. And I want to build on the solstice event that I did and do a winter solstice if possible. Okay. Um to again create a space that's centered in people of color, just artists of color, and mm-hmm. continue to invite artists that have been creative their whole lives, mm. but have felt like they weren't quote unquote artists or gotcha. they didn't belong, a space to celebrate who they are and celebrate their experiences. Um, and then I'm working on something called the Black Fantastic, which will be just a celebration of black bodies. All right. Um, and another opportunity to invite black artists in unapologetically and take over a space and just celebrate. I want to just create spaces of healing um, mm. for everybody, but I want to unapologetically focus on black people because I can, goddammit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I'm on the second year of this, this term as Poet Laureate, and so I have until next 
May. Well, April-ish. do you have to like fight for the death or something like that? To no, continue, <laughs> just question. No, I don't. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> but I want to um, do at least one more kind of bigger event. Okay. Um, and then finish finish this collection and just see what see what goes see what happens. That's you know, good. Go I, I, I hope you continue moving. I think your voice is needed, especially in this area. People need to see a black woman be great. You know Thanks, what I'm saying? Like, and, and that comes from everybody. People need yeah. to see that. Um, voices are powerful. You're, the words that you, that you give people are meaningful. And I think that is so important to see in this day and age. Especially when there is so much going on mm-hmm. in the world that, that speaks to the opposite. Uh, it's, it's very important that all voices are heard. Not just yours, but like all different facets. Yeah. You know, I think that that's always a good thing. Um, so a personal question for you, like, I have, I have a two, two, two questions, two more, actually. Um, <laughs> all right, so one is, yo, are you going to do this fucking podcast with Melissa? Like, because here's the thing. Like, we actually just text today. Like, I, I love Melissa. Melissa is our, our mutual, one, a mutual friend of mine that I introduced them to each other. She's so amazing. She has yeah, the best eyebrows is, and che- she, cheekbones like ever. Wonderful, wonderful. She has mesmerizing, mm-hmm. mesmerizing personality mm-hmm. and face. Mm-hmm. And um, good friend of mine. And so I introduced her to Kelly um, for the benefit of like, hey, y'all need to get together and y'all need to do a podcast. Uh, because it'll be lit and preferably in my studio <laughs> so I can build my shit up because obviously I'm selfish. Well, and um, that's just called vision. Exactly. It's when vision. white people do it, it's called vision. So you exactly. get to do it. And I was just like, y'all need to. And that shit, that shit, I brought that shit up a year you ago. Did. Has, <laughs> it been, has it been a year? Almost a year ago. No, never really? happened. Never happened. It's gonna. And so it, 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 it's gonna. I hope so. Like, cause, because you guys are such powerful Voices, yeah, with such great experiences behind you, and we do disagree on some things. So absolutely, it will be, it will be quite entertaining. Absolutely, which is great. You guys disagree on certain things because yes. people would assume that everybody agrees on everything. But <laughs> other than that, like I think that <laughs> that would be a great podcast, and I think people need to hear both of your voices. Yes, I actually um, I text her, and we we've kind of like you know we keep in touch. Obviously, absolutely, yeah. Um. But both of y'all are busy as shit. We are busy and mm-hmm. and we both you know, just like the day to day shit in terms of dealing with the administration and the aftermath of that. Uh-huh. Um, she's gonna get through um a little bit of travel that's coming up and then we are going to take this here plunge and of course we will be doing it in your space because where the I fuck else that. would we do it? You were like the matchmaker with us. I appreciate she that. She is yeah. certainly a kindred spirit to me. Mm-hmm. Um and I know we could have some cool ass conversations. Absolutely, so. she's someone yes. who I, I love dearly as my friend, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I I appreciate you guys teaming up because it would just it would just be a super dope ass podcast. <laughs> it, it, it just we really even would. created you know a little spreadsheet with ideas. I and, heard. Yes. You so, organized motherfuckers. Well, you, you know. So- <laughs> <laughs> Got to capture the ideas. Exactly, exactly. I didn't do any. Otherwise, of that shit when we'll I just sit and talk shit. So yeah, which like, could be fun too. But which is true. But you got to have some sort of focus, right? Don't right. be like me, right? I I just be sitting down <laughs> with motherfuckers. Be like shit. <laughs> so what a bitch is There's that? Room for like all yeah. So yeah. Yes. Um. Last but not least, 
Um, <clears throat> as as an adult, and you're looking over your life and everything with your kids, and so many changes, and the um, the many things that you've been through as a person in your human experience. Um, what would you like to be said about you at the end of the day? I would like for people to say I was kind. Mm-hmm. Um, that I spoke up. Okay. That I wasn't, um, I didn't shy away if someone needed help. Okay. Um, that I was funny as fuck. <laughs> that... I mean, I guess I would want to be thought of as brave. Maybe. I think there's a certain level of bravery. Absolutely. Maybe. I I think that I just, I want to be remembered as somebody that um, paid attention to other human beings around her Mm. and um, wanted to make even one or two people's experiences better. On mm. one given day, I I try to not. <laughs> I try to keep. The older I get, the lower my fucking expectations get in terms of, like. But isn't these that grand adulthood visions. though? Is yeah. it what? Isn't that adulthood though? Well, I think so, but I think it's also just this wisdom and perspective that comes with getting older. That it's not about whether or not you're on a movie or on the TV. It's about. Word feeling good about an exchange that you had with somebody that could have went straight to shit. Yeah, absolutely. But it actually, you know, on the other side, the both of you ended up better. Mm-hmm. Um, I want my, my children to be proud of me yeah. and to have learned something and shared some special moments with them. Um, I want them to feel free-er having been parented and yeah. known me. I want to create some spaces for freedom in the world. That's interesting. That's my goal. That's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I appreciate. I would really um, like to have my own line of vodka as well. Uh-huh. That's okay. That's a whole other conversation. Couldn't let it go without being ratchet. Well, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yep. yep. Just I was about I to end like this to with, create yep. my own line of microblading tools. Okay, cool, cool, cool. This is about to end in like some <laughs> Maya Angelou quote. But fuck it now. Uh, we out here in this bitch. We're making our own vodka and we're empowering motherfuckers. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm okay with that. All right. That sounds about right, man. Well, I want to let you know, like, thank you so much for sitting down thank with me. Thank you. And, um, I so enjoyed myself. Thank you so much. This has been great. I learned a lot about you in general. I hope everybody listening enjoys it. Um, any last words you want to say to anybody before we out? I mean, go buy the book. Mm-hmm. What else is? Yeah. Um, you can also find Poet Laureate stuff on the City of Tacoma's website. So if you're interested in having a literary event, movement, etc., please feel free to reach out and go out and be nice to somebody tomorrow. Exactly, exactly. I always like to tell people before we end up out, before we out this bitch, um, <laughs> so be hard. good to people. Be good to your people, man. So uh, without further ado, everybody, thank you all for listening. This has been Chris Talks. Um, thank you. Special thank you to my friend Kelly Richardson uh, for coming through. And I appreciate you all. Y'all have a great day. <laughs>